podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ready to go the extra mile in a Volvo Mild Hybrid SUV this summer? No plug-in required. Whether you go to the mountains this summer, the ocean, or somewhere in between, Volvo Mild Hybrid technology adds to a more refined driving experience so you can summer safely. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com. Hello, welcome to Party's Hot Pants, a nostalgic spin-off series from the Five Year Plan podcast. This week, it's a quotes special. What does that mean, Jim? We don't know exactly, but we're going to try anyway and see what happens, which is very much in the spirit of Hot Pants episodes. Uh, joining me, as ever, my nostalgia buddies, Jesse Boyce and Richard Foster. Jesse, how are you doing? Uh, all the better for seeing you, James. Everything's <laughs> James. good. <laughs> sounds like very very bad, formal very formal yeah it sounds like i'm in trouble if you use my two middle names and no, i know i'm definitely <laughs> in trouble we should say jesse this is an evening pod i think possibly the first evening episode we've done of one of these so i don't know if that's going to make well, things be... more spicy well, i'll see you more i'll see you midweek evenings more than uh, uh match days these days yeah uh, it was a brilliant to see you and well done again last week on putting together the fyp live with daniel butterfield that was excellent. Um, Daniel, Joseph, Richard, but I've no idea what's been the That was great. Great to be there. And also great to re-listen and just remember all the things that I forgot because it was such rapid fire anecdotes after anecdotes. So it was brilliant. Really great value. And I think, I think he's got a book in him, Danny. And uh, thanks yeah. again. Yeah, he was... Uh, I mean, if you came last week to the live board, thank you very much for coming. And I hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't, you can listen to that episode now uh it should be in your feed uh two pods ago uh pod 403 um we we cut one story which he asked us to cut but otherwise everything else <laughs> is in there but yeah richard he was um it's so weird danny because obviously palace legend to all of us that seen him play and on stage he, i mean he's just such a natural talker and a real storyteller and yet off stage just the nice the nicest zero ego down to earth kind of guy i mean he was just he was just a a joy to be around yeah, I I never realised he was such a good raconteur because he just told the stories with such brilliant. He got comic timing. He he had it all. And unfortunately, as you probably know, the only thing I tweeted about that was watch out for the story that was cut about Warnock. And we, we're not going to go into it now because it's you know it's before the threshold. But that was a fantastic story. But generally, all his stories brilliantly delivered and, and yeah i think he has got a book in him so maybe he needs a ghost writer <laughs> always dot. working richard aren't you always, always working always looking for the opportunities jim the james. sorry james <laughs> yeah. let's let's uh, honestly it's, it feels like my mum and dad are running this podcast so let's uh let's <laughs> drop the james um but yeah so do listen to that episode back if you uh if you want to hear from danny because he was absolutely brilliant and I texted him the next day and said, oh, thanks for coming on. And he said, I'd, he said, I've got loads more stories. I'd love to come on again. So we might in the future do a part two wow. at some point, because okay. I think he's got loads more stories. Again, most of them probably about Neil Warnock. Um, but we will we will see. And we will be doing another live podcast next year. 
I've been talking to the venue already. They're keen to have us back. We haven't got a guest yet, but we will work hard on a guest and try and get someone as good as Danny and as good as Paddy was last year as well. So uh, keep an eye out for that as well. And uh, we'll be back at Strep Space Project next year, I'm sure, for some more live stories. Um, so we are doing quotes this week, which is something we talked about at the end of last week. Um, before we go into that, uh, Richard, it's the part of the show where I always ask you, what's going on in the world of the footballmind.com? Well, there are a lot of quotes, James, a lot of quotes. So uh, not last week, the week before, I wrote uh, a piece after an exclusive interview with Al Ryan, who did the documentary, The Team of the 80s. The second part is coming out on Friday at very early on. So it probably will be almost coinciding with the release of this podcast. So watch out for it. The well, it will, if I can, it, it will if you're lucky enough that I get around to doing it in time well I'll yeah I, I, will, I, I am will. relying on you here, james <laughs> and i'm going to qu- keep calling you james until you do what you're asked to do um and in between i did a piece because i went to an event called an evening with arsene wenger and david dean at the palladium last monday uh, and i wrote about it as a palace fan and i actually spoke to patrick vieira because he wow. was there obviously, wow. and i just said excuse me and he looked at me and just went, really, don't try French ever again. But, you know. That was it. That was, that was the extent No, that of was it. No, no, no. Because he was talking to someone else. And I just went, excuse me, what? And he just went, uh, basically, thank you, goodbye, and good night. But I've spoken to bon Patrick And I can now go to heaven happy. Wow, that's... Uh... I mean, I'm actually quite jealous that you that you got brushed off by Patrick Vieira. Yeah, exactly. I love that. That he, sounds he's quite awesome. a big bloke. Um, you know. he's, he's quite big. Yeah, yeah that's... Uh, Jesse, have you got any... I'm uh, sorry to put you on the spot here. Any sort of <laughs> bit brush... Bit, you've been brushed off by any footballers? Again, that sounds filthy, and I apologise for that. Have you got any sort of <laughs> random footballer meetings like that? I mean, every encounter with Palace royalty is awkward, isn't it? There's a degree yeah. of awkwardness to all of it. Yeah. You yeah. don't know what to say. They've heard it all before. Um, Brighty wasn't too friendly at the uh, marathon march. He was, but he really did. He was psyching himself up for a 26-mile walk. Yeah. He did not want to talk about the old days. <laughs> but he did give me a picture. Did give me a picture, though. Oh, um, was it a picture met, of him? I told you I met... <laughs> well, like when Neil Warnock out of his bum bag sort of pre-signed. <laughs> no, I put it on Twitter saying, got asked for a selfie by one of our fans. How could I saying no always good to meet our fans and he he did to be fair to me did like the tweet um he has got a sense of humor i, I told you before i've met nigel martin in the toilets of a chinese restaurant i've got, I've got a picture i, I can't remember that story which where was the chinese yeah. restaurant in leeds when he was playing there oh, okay yeah yeah did that, you, that did picture exists to him? did you chat to him i did have a chat with him yeah got a picture with him that was a long time in, ago. In the loo. In the loo. Got a picture with Nigel Martin in the loo of a Chinese restaurant in that's Leeds. A, that's really To be honest, weird. I mean, it's yeah. always risky taking a picture in a toilet because you might drop it. Yeah. But if you want someone to yeah. you know, not was, drop your phone, Nigel Martin. I mean, Martin, this was so long ago. Safe hands. <laughs> <laughs> hands. This was yeah. so long ago. It was so long ago, it was on a disposable camera. <laughs> and um, there was only two pictures left. And I remember oh. his buddy took the pic- took the picture of me and my friend Ed and Nigel. And then he said, shall I take another one? I said, no, I've only got one left. 
That's that completely different dynamics back in yeah. the day. Yeah. Well, so, sorry, sorry I've got to, to ask a question here. Yes. What were you doing in a Leeds lavatory in a Chinese restaurant with a disposable camera? <laughs> was that we were there to visit friends for the weekend? Oh, of course, yeah. So you always take a disposable yeah. camera if you're going to visit friends. Oh, you know, these these are different times. Yeah, these were different times. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. youngsters, turn off now. <laughs> uh, I miss disposable cameras. Um, well, listen, shall we take a quick break and then come back with our quotes. We don't quite know how this is going to work, to be totally honest. And we've prepped lots of quotes in the hopes that we get through a few, but we'll see what happens. So anyway, join us um, after this quick break when we'll be delving into our favourite palace quotes. Shut up, baby! Let me see where you're coming from. Shut up, baby! Let me see how When it came to interviewing and appointing a candidate for the top job this summer, Palace got it spot on, and so can you with LinkedIn Jobs. Today, many small business owners are busier than ever, and spending time searching for the right candidate can feel like it's getting in the way of growing your business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs made it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Jesse, you got much experience of LinkedIn? Well, it's funny you say that, because if, if we're going to be talking about such formal platforms i really feel i've earned the right to call you james this time <laughs> yeah so uh well i think i don't know are you jim daly or james daly on linkedin i am jim i think actually yeah it's all about the brand there you go rebel absolute rebel <laughs> so um yeah i do use linkedin and i think it is actually pretty good because i think you know everything that's so awful about social media is so well documented i think what's so great about linkedin is it's it's where people really do have to behave themselves. So it is a pretty sensible, direct, um, honest platform. So it's where you can just get things done. It's just somewhere where I go to uh, try and keep cogs whirring and get keep things moving. So nothing but positive things to say about LinkedIn. There is, right. there is, there is one footballer that I see on LinkedIn a lot. I'm not connected to him, but he keeps popping up because other people like it and therefore I see it, it sometimes. Is it Nigel Martin? No, it's Jordan Henderson. Oh really? He is, he is. There's one player that's got job security. <laughs> it's that guy who the, 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 who's lifted more trophies than any other in recent times. Mm. Um, but he is he is quite active on LinkedIn, which is quite interesting. So um, fantastic stuff. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond, and the world's largest professional network of over 30 million people in the UK. Focus on candidates with the skills and experience you need like Richard, for example, um, or a bit like Palace trying to find midfielders younger than 45 this summer, and use screening <laughs> questions to get your role in front of only the most qualified people. Then use the simple tools on LinkedIn Jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster, and you can post a job for free. Just visit linkedin.com FYP. Again, that's linkedin.com FYP to post a job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to Pardew's Hot Pants, the nostalgia spin-off from the FYP podcast. Um, it's time for quote one from each of us. I think I might play some sort of like lovely piano music over, over under the quote as you uh, as you say it as well. So uh, I'll find that later on. Uh, Jesse, let's come to you first. I've, I've got an and finally on LinkedIn, Jim, if you want it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. I am connected to two or three people you might not expect me to be to, connected to. Okay. 
John Texter and Josh Harris. Oh, Whoa. well, there you go. John Texter, of course, big big friend of the big friend of FAP, big, big friend of the pod. Both yeah. both putting out some good updates on LinkedIn over there, purely just for being nosy. Um, I don't <laughs> actually know them, never met them. But, um, you, ha- you haven't met them in a Chinese restaurant lavatory in Leeds. Then? It's on the list. It's on the list. Not I yet. will find them. Definitely. Not yet. <laughs> get yourself no. a disposable camera. Get to Leeds, mate. And, I've, and I've got one more uh, completely left field connection on LinkedIn. Okay. Let me think. Hang on. Let me think. I'm going to guess on this one. Um, uh, Joe Biden. No. Uh, one of the Kardashians. Carol Baskin. <laughs> wow. That wow. is left field. Wow. Wow. Really? She's yeah. on LinkedIn. Well, yeah. I don't know why, but I just thought. I was watching it once. Oh, you know, you're double screening, watching stuff. I yeah. was like, oh, she's actually still alive and got out of this. I might just like see if she's on LinkedIn. And I, I did. And uh, she, she's, she's a frequent updater. And every single post begins with, hello, big cat rescue friends. Oh, oh, lovely. That's like, so, she's uh, very much on brand, isn't she, Kara Baskin? So yeah. fair play to her. Uh, we don't really know how this format's going to work or how even long this podcast's going to be. But let's hear your first quote and then maybe we can talk about it about it afterwards. Well, the great thing about this theme, Jim, is if you you get that, when the theme is decided for a PHP pod, there's an initial panic to go, all right, don't know what I'm going to do here. <laughs> but, but the great thing about favourite quotes, in an age of complete over-analysis in football... Richard exempted. Um, the great thing is, if you can sort of half remember a quote, you just got to Google it because somebody's written a bloody article about it. Yeah, yeah that's true. Like, that's so I, I, I found that um, pretty useful in in researching this. So that's been the saving grace. So thank you, all the overanalyzers in in the football community. Um, however, completely going back on what I've just said, this one. Um, was a major flashback. And I still can't believe this, but Aki Rialati's blog is still online. He hasn't updated it for oh. nine. He has not updated it for nine years. Um, and he posts infrequently in Finnish, mainly in English. Um, we can probably link to it. It's akirialati.com. And um, you can select in, in English, but there are some Finnish posts in the English section, so I'm not quite sure how it works. But I always remember a quote, and I always misremembered it, because I was, I remembered it in in my own English rather than his pigeon English, even though his pigeon English is a bit funnier and a bit more kind of twee and um, interesting. I always remembered it him saying something like, "There are no kings at our palace; we are all servants to each other." Oh, that's lovely. And I always remembered it that way because it's just the way that I read it probably ten, fifteen years ago. So this is from the week after the playoff final, and we can link to it. But I'll just read you what it did actually say, and you'll get it's just a little paragraph. So this was actually no, this was the when he wrote a blog post with the whole week leading up to the to the playoff final every day, Mon- Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, up to the Mac Holiday Monday, I think it was. And um, this was the Wednesday before the playoff final. He says, "A free day. Physios have banned me from the training ground. Knowing when to have a rest is not my best virtue, especially because I'm so excited about the final. Final. It's hard to stay at home." I did a Sky Sports interview in front of Buckingham Palace. Palace player goes to Palace or something. This look, this looks a bit bigger than my two-bedrooms eating kitchen flat. I prefer Crystal Palace anyway. No queens and kings there, only servants. 
That's our strength, actually. We are all equal, all serving each other. We continued the interview at the London Eye. I'm scared of heights and my English must sound even dodger. I probably don't make any sense. I'm glad they're only going to show it before the game so I won't be able to see it. London Eye is scary, much scarier than the task ahead. Plus, I don't think that heights of the Premier League are this scary. In the evening, I watched the Champions League final. Millennium Stadium is our Champions League final. Like Porto, nobody expected us to be there. I mean, I... I did journalism at university and I spent the first seven or eight years of my working life before I went into comedy doing journalism. That is better than anything I've ever written. And that's not even in his first language. Isn't it great? Yeah. No, but, it's, it is very good. And I've been trying to be a journalist now for quite a long time and I've never written anything as good as that. <laughs> I mean, his blog is really worth a deep dive into if you just want okay. to massive nostalgia rush um especially if you track it to the dates of certain games like this one yeah and uh he does build up to it really lovely but i just love that sentiment i always remembered and i always knew where to find it because of that line which was there's there's no queens and kings here only servants we are we all serve each other i love that well i mean that 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 did sum up that team perfectly really um similar to what danny butterfield was saying last week on stage as well and they're walking out against west ham and uh the, the Palace kits still had stains on from the semi-final at, West, uh, at Sunderland and uh, yeah. the West Ham players were in their pristine jackets and stuff. And uh, yeah, that summed up that time really. But it's, it, you, I was, as you were saying, reading the quote, I was trying to think, are there any other footballers in the Premier League at the moment? Well, I know we were championship, but to be Premier League, and I'm sure he carried it on the following season, that write blogs like that, that write columns or anything. It's still, it's still pretty rare, isn't it? It is pretty unique. And... Actually, I I was ruined that I didn't ask Danny Butterfield if he had any stories about Aki, because I'm sure he does. Yeah. He would have played with him for a good few years. And um, yeah, I'm sure when you do, if you do get to, to rerun the fun with Danny Butterfield, I'm sure Aki would, could feature in some good stories. Yeah. He, I mean, he was a real character, Richard, wasn't he? I remember him. I remember his, weirdly, I remember his debut was at home to crew. I think we won 1 0 and Dean Austin scored. I might be completely wrong there. Listeners, you know, let me know. But um, that's my memory. He was on loan or trial from a, a, a Scandinavian team called something like Valangarara or something like that. I can't remember. But um, he just, when he turned up, he was just this blonde-haired ball of character, wasn't he? And I think Palace fans took to him instantly. And then stuff like the quotes and the blogs just endeared him further. Yeah, he just, he, he was just such a, a classic Palace player because not great technical ability, but tried his heart out and he scored against, I remember when he scored against Arsenal, he drew one all with them and it, the smile on his face, it was just brilliant. And then did he not score for Finland against England in a qualifier? Yeah. And, and again, he just... He's just one of those people. And then you, you follow his career afterwards, as we all do on LinkedIn. Um, and he, I think he's become like the chief executive of something in Finland. Is he not a chief executive of one of the clubs? But he's, you know, revered across Finland. But he has this madness to him as well, which is totally endearing because we love a mad person. And he was dedicated to the cause. And, you know, Aki Rialati, for me, I'm going to say it now, publicly my number one fin 
<laughs> right. I wasn't sure. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't sure where you were going to go. That what? How so are you going to My number one fin. I've, I've gone through all the fins I know. He's okay. the number one. Sporting fins or just ever? Lassie Viren, nowhere near it. Wow. You probably don't know who Lassie Viren is. No. The only other... Uh, Kimi Räikkönen was Finnish, wasn't he? That's the only other non-football he, Yeah. No, Lassie Viren was a middle distance runner. Very famous. So, um, just to confirm, I'm sure you probably guessed already. He is on LinkedIn. Um, oh, is he? Oh, great. He is okay. managing director at HJK Helsinki. There you go. And I think, because we still follow him on, on Twitter and FYP, I think he's doing like the Finnish version of Strictly Come Dancing. Is he? Something like that, oh, some sort of dance competition, yeah. That's so, disappointing now, I don't like that. Oh, I like that. I'm, 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 I, I think, you know, you go for it, Aki. I'm sure he's... What, up. you watch Strictly Come Dancing, do you, James? Strictly Come Dancing is brilliant. Yeah, no, it's not. It's, it's, not. it's, it's really... It's, Oh, no, we're not no. going to go into this oh, now. No. Well, guys, the Hot Pants episodes have been great. But, uh, <laughs> we might have to call it. How can you not like Strictly? It's oh, it's fantastic. Right. We'll we'll talk off air. Um, would like before we move on to the next quote, would you like to hear a um an Aki Realty story? Realty, yes. Realty story. I'd about. love to. As long as it doesn't involve Strictly Come Dancing. No, it doesn't. But it does show the character of the guy. Uh, so uh, Rob Sutherland, FYP stalwart, of course. Uh, got married in 2009 uh, to a girl he met in America. And so we went over to the ceremony and lots of people couldn't make it over. It was in California. And uh, quite a few of his friends couldn't go for various reasons, a few family members. So I was there and a few other uh, of his mates and stuff and a few family members. Um, so I, I was best man. It was actually the first time I'd ever been the best man. It was actually the, the moment that m- made me want to start doing comedy and public speaking because it went so well. Well, to be fair, when you're a Brit, doing it i mean i literally had to say hello my name's james and they just fell about laughing it's the, the easiest gig i've ever done in my entire life um yeah. but i thought it'd be a good idea to get video messages from people that couldn't make it so you know nice. i think one of his sisters couldn't come for because she just had a baby and stuff like that and then i thought oh i could expand it out to like i don't know celebrities or something so i messaged a few palace players uh-huh. and this would have been 2009 so sort of you know mid to late noughties palace players the only yeah. player that replied was aki Rialati. And he sent a video message. Didn't 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 know me. Didn't know Rob. Sent a lovely. I can't remember what the content of it was. Lovely video message. We're wishing him well. And Aki at the time, and I think still is, was Rob's favourite ever player. Uh, so that so obviously, I mean, I I smashed as a result the uh, the best man speech mainly of because of that. Um, but yeah, I've always whenever I think of Aki, I've always thought of him doing doing that favour for me and for Rob, which I think sort of shows you the measure of the guy as well as being a very entertaining midfielder and columnist so yeah big up yeah, but did you raise with Danny Butterfield the fact that he played for Palace in 2009 and didn't bother replying <laughs> I didn't I didn't ask no well, I mean, you had the opportunity list, think, so, yeah. and you missed it didn't you yeah well next I mean everyone in FYP is married I think but the next person from FYP gets married we'll get Danny to do a message it'll be a 45 minute message and it'll be funnier than anything I've ever said and it'll be full of those anecdotes but uh but not yeah. not that worn at one <laughs> no um <laughs> Well, that was fun discussing Aki. I enjoyed that. Um, Richard, why don't we go into your first quote and uh, yeah, see what we got. Okay. Well, it's a bit shorter than Jess's because that was that was almost sort of like the Gettysburg Address. This is a little bit pithier, if I could use that word. So it is Sir Steve Koppel. Uh, and he's talking about uh, Attilio Lombardo. So... He, he, this is it. Attilio Lombardo is starting to pick up a bit of English on the training ground. Oh, no. The first word he learned was wanker. 
That's the quote. It's no longer than that. (laughs) I mean, I think, uh, having gone to the uh, evening with Arsene Wenger and David Dean, there was a story about Patrick Vieira, which was just as good, okay? So Vieira came over to England not knowing a word of English. So he'd come from Milan. He'd obviously been in France before then. And David Dean, the vice chairman of Arsenal, who speaks French, was talking to Vieira and he said, I, we're going to sort out a house for you, we're going to get a car, we're going to get you know stuff for you, and we're going to get you an English tutor. So you're okay. Said all in French. Then two weeks into Vieira's stint at Arsenal, Dean comes up to Vieira, again in French, and just says, so, Patrick, have you picked up any English? And Vieira went, oh, uh, and Dean then said, so, what have you learnt in English? And Vieira just went, Tottenham are shit. <laughs> and then Dean goes, oh, well, who, who taught you that? Thinking this tutor's no good. And he just went, Ray Pala. <laughs> so, you know, when you're doing languages at clubs, that's the sort of stuff you should be good doing, isn't it, really? So, Atelier Lombardo, the first word he learned was wanker. And, uh, you know, useful word, isn't it? Would you like to know if Attilio Lombardo is on LinkedIn? Yes, please. Well. Oh, my God. Is he really? It's good and bad news. Um, there are a few Attilio Lombardos, uh, okay. a few a few Attilio Lombardis. Um, there is no Lombardo, Attilio Lombardo with his profile photo, but there is one Attilio Lombardo without a profile photo who calls himself an Alentore Presso Torino FC, which means coach. At Torino I, FC. And I've I, I checked... can't speak Italian, Jim. I Sorry. I can't. I've checked his Wikipedia page. He was coach at Torino from 2016 to 2018. So I think that might be a, a Lombardo dead LinkedIn account, but possibly genuine. But he was involved in the Italian team in the Euros. I yeah, so more recently, 2019 to current, he is uh, with the national team. With his old mate, uh, Mancini. Azzurri. Azzurri. Grazie. Uh, so there we go. Uh, I think, Jesse... Uh, um, I've I've heard similar stories from lots of because because that would have been ninety seven so really yeah. during the time when European and and players from other parts of the world were sort of coming into England and uh, you know changing the Premier League for the better let's be honest mm. um, I think a lot of players their first word they learned probably was that word or similar words to be honest I don't I don't think there were many unless you were a foreign player going into Chelsea and the first person you spoke to was Graham Lasso who I think is basically the only cultured footballer from the 90s I can think of. Uh, I think otherwise, most dressing rooms are going to be teaching you the swear words straight off the bat. Yeah. Well, immortalised no less by Harry Enfield and Julio Giulio. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, massive, massive cultural insight. I mean, there's got to be so many stories like this. Like I, I, The one that I remember, bizarrely, is when Rude Hullet joined Chelsea he could not understand a word Dennis Wise was saying. <laughs> and but nor could we. Yeah. No, I think there's a there's a video, there's a f- semi-famous video of them talking together and really really, really desperately trying to understand Dennis Wise. <laughs> and Dennis Wise just laughing at him. Yeah. Like, I'm sure there's plenty of this. I mean, this this is why um Thomas Brolin's was only made assistant to Lombardo because he could translate English to Italian. Yeah, you know, he like, was the yeah. interpreter. Yeah, yeah, like there's so many. I mean, there must be a. This is a great. There's a great documentary there on 
language mis- <gasps> uh, gaps oh. in football. Oh, hang on. There's hang a great on. documentary. There's a great documentary. I mean, can you imagine if Amazon would do it? Amazon Prime would do all or nothing for Palace in 97, 98. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> that would have been. I mean, you wouldn't. You wouldn't have believed it. You'd be like, so this is scripted. This is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, speaking of Dennis Wise, my uh, my dad, uh, when he used to play more golf with his mates um, before they moved house, uh, he and his mates used to have a term uh, that was called the Dennis Wise. Um, any idea what what that might okay, be? Okay, so is it short and quite ugly? Like it's you leave a putt. Similar. Short. It, it's it's a yeah. nasty five footer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think Lombardo is, I mean, it depends on your generation. I think Will, Will probably is the best, the best player we've ever had for what he's done for the club. But when Lombardo turned up, Jesse, I mean, it was unlike any player we'd seen before. I've got, I've got a memory, and I don't know if it's true or not, but I've got a memory of, in one game, him beating about four players and laying on a pass for Bruce Dyer. And Bruce Dyer was about 15 yards behind because he just couldn't like, keep up physically or mentally. With Lombardo, he was always about two or three passes ahead of the rest of his team. Even at the age of, I think he was thirty or thirty-one when he joined us. Mm. I mean, he was just—he was just next level, really, wasn't he? I still, it still doesn't seem real because you know, I, I the only sort of fish out of water experience in recent times that I remember at that level was when we signed Kabai. Yeah, yeah, we signed Kabai for Paris Saint Germain. Like, <laughs> yeah. How odd was is that? And it was 16 million or so at the time, which felt like a huge amount, a huge amount for us. Um, obviously, the connection with Parsi was a big advantage in that, actually getting over the line. Um, and Kabai will always be held, you know, with great esteem because because the sort of prestige that he came with was Lombardo was very much the original sort of version of that. Still doesn't quite seem like it actually happened. Um, but did you see Lombardo in the in the Euros in the yeah. summer? He's looking fitter now than he did when he played for it. He looks well. It, well, he's obviously got, he's got the exact same haircut, so that hasn't, <laughs> that hasn't changed. But like you see, see him in the training kit, he looks like he could still play. He looks completely like oh. t- toned and just like ready to go. It looks like he does a, more yoga than Ryan Giggs ever did. Well, he's he's well, fifty yeah. he's fifty five years old. Um, but I would knowing how you know. Uh, people on the continent look after their bodies more than we do here. Um, I suspect he probably can play. I think he'd be, oh, I, he'd, he'd still have those skills and there. He'd be, he'd be excellent. Maybe for the live pod, get him over, Jim. Oh, I mean, that's that would be, an idea. That is an idea. The problem is getting the, getting the 2010 players like, like Danny and Paddy and stuff. Very easy for me because they are living this country and, you know, I, I know a few players from that team, so it's easy. Okay. I don't. Who? How on earth would you go about getting a Tede Lombardo's number? Well, I speak Italian, so I could do it. Okay. And uh, over there, sure. so I'll, should we just send you to Italy? I'll put you yeah. on the first. No, yeah, do the normal expenses thing where you put <laughs> yeah, me on a first-class yeah. flight <laughs> yeah, yeah. to wherever he is in Italy, and I'll go and have a chat. It would be good. I, to be honest, when we started FYP, so doing we did, we had the, the fanzine going from like 2003 and then the podcast mm-hmm. was about 2008. Then we started a website in sort of 2010 and things started snowboarding. One of our plans was to track down Lombardo because he hadn't really had a job for a bit. We were going to like go to Italy, track him down, be like yeah. finding Lombardo. Um, and then obviously he started, get, he started getting high profile jobs. I think it was a city for a bit. So actually it didn't sort of became... But, I think, I think, I mean, I don't know what his English is like, but I think Palace fans would always, even if he had a translator, would always happily sit and listen to Lombardo and his stories because it was just, 
a magical time to have him at the club, really. Well, as Jesse pointed out, we could get Brolin as a, in as the <laughs> interpreter, and then we've got a perfect FYP live pod, haven't we? I mean, those tickets those tickets would sell out instantly, surely. I, but maybe we could do it actually in Italy, go on a tour. You know, because we haven't been in Europe for a long time. True, as yeah. we discussed the other week. So let's go out to Rome or Venice, wherever he might be, and let's go do a live pod in Italy. I mean, I don't want to say that their career trajectories sort of changed after Palace, but Lombardo has gone on to coach for Man City and the Italian national team. And the last thing I heard, Brolin was making hoovers in Sweden. So I don't know mm. if he'll be as easy to track down. I saw a picture of when Vieira was um, a coach for, was it the under-23s at City? Mm. He, he was with Lombardo on the touchline. Was he? Yeah, there's a picture I've seen. Oh, yeah. Because so Lombardo was doing was... the reserve team or something yeah. or... 20, or 23s, yeah. How long was Lombardo at City then? I don't even... I can't even under Mancini. Under Mancini. Of course. He, do you know what? He wasn't there. About, Three no, years. I mean, Three years he was there. Oh, well, because yeah. they played together at Sampdoria, didn't they? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They came... They, but he was there three years. So when they won the title with the Aguero goal, he was, he was there. He was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Should have got him on then. Manchester's yeah. a lot closer than Milan. Missed opportunity, but what you could do is you could send Jesse to a Chinese restaurant in Leeds, and I bet you he'll bump into him in the loop. <laughs> yeah, get a disposable camera. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mancini will be back. He'll be back in the Premier League. He'll bring Lombardo with him, probably at Newcastle or something like that. Give it, give it a few years. Oh, yeah. Nostradamus move over. Jesse's in town. <laughs> I could see that happening. <laughs> yeah, I could see that happening big time. Oh, man. Lombardo, yeah, what a player. Just, yeah. Just makes me feel happy thinking about him. Mm. Some of the players in that team as well, Matt, Matt Janssen and uh, Marcus Bent turned up. We played some good football. I mean, we let in a hell of a lot of goals, but we did play yeah. some good football at times as well. So, well, we did have David Tuttle. Oh, Dave Tuttle was Dave Tuttle actually would be a fantastic live podcast because he's he was like the Butterfield before Butterfield. He was very much Joker of the dressing room. So he would have some stories. I, although he I was think a Joker on the pitch as well. I feel like he might be quite old school. At least, at least Butterfield is a bit more sort of up to date. I don't yeah. know if we'd actually, we could probably have to cut all of Tuttle's stories, I think, to be honest. Shut uh, <laughs> up, baby! Let me see where you're coming from. Shut up, baby! Let me see how you're It's nearly Christmas, and that always brings the busy, festive football period. So, what better to, way to unwind than with 10 free beers from Beer 52? And much like Palace offering up the goods this season, so are Beer 52. They are offering FYP listeners two extra free beers on top of the usual eight. So that's 10 free beers in total. Just go to beer52.com slash FYP. That's the word beer and the numbers 52.com slash FYP. And all you have to do is cover the postage costs of $5.95. And if you do it before the 17th of December, you'll get those two extra free beers. Uh, Jesse, I believe you've been sent some Beer 52 beers kindly by them recently. And uh, you're a fan. I am. I've got one here with me, Jim. There you go. Oh, look at that. Now, what's this? Yeah. What's the name of this one? Naughty and Nice. It's a <laughs> there you go. chocolate and stout, smooth, rich and dark, uh, but it's 5.9%. I think the great thing about what they what you get sent is it's it's just a sort of pick and mix. It's all, all different types of beers. So this one looks a bit of Christmas fodder to me. I think that will get, su- <laughs> get sunk over the next couple of months. But yeah, there's always... You end up trying something that you like and something you've not tried before. So that's it's a win-win-win. It's nice that they've named the beer after Richard as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh, I careful. mean, 
So each month, Beer 52 send experts around the world to find the best beer available anywhere on planet Earth. And each month, their members receive a new case, usually from a different part of the world. Members have had beer from more than 40 countries across five continents. So treat yourself this Christmas with a Beer 52 plan that works for you. Uh, if the dark beer is not your thing, simply choose the light option. There are choices uh, that you can make. Uh, and as well as a delicious beer, you'll receive Ferment Magazine, which delves into beers, breweries, and themes. Uh, and you'll also get two delicious snacks to wash down with the beer. After redeeming your first case, you'll join the monthly beer club, which is £24 a month. But there's no minimum commitment. And like Lucian Favre this summer, you can are free to change your mind. And you can pause <laughs> and cancel at any time. Just go to beer52.com forward slash FYP and they pay the five ninety five postage and do it before the 17th of December to get those two extra beers. Should we go on to my quote then uh, for, yes, uh, for part one? Um, I'm going to go with uh, this quote from genuine friend of the podcast, uh, Clinton, Clinton O. Morrison. Um, and this is from 2001. And it's two separate quotes. So the first quote is a follow-up uh, to the second quote, which happened before. The first quote is... I want to apologise to Michael Owen and Liverpool as I was misquoted. And at the time, the quote went, uh, it was was after Palace uh, beat Liverpool 2-1 in the uh, 2001 League Cup semi-final first leg. I was looking at all the opportunities Owen had and wishing I could have had some of them. I would have put at least two of them away. I don't think Owen's been the same since his injury problem. He's just a bit low on confidence at the moment. All I can say to him is keep your head down, work hard and hit the target. You'll score goals eventually. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to say it, Clinton. I don't think you were misquoted. <laughs> but, I mean, to be honest, Jesse, and th- that's 2001 Michael Owen, who I think by that point had possibly won the Ballon d'Or, or at least been nominated oh, for the Ballon d'Or, yeah. scored at the World Cup, probably scored close to 100 goals for Liverpool already by that point. Um, one of England's best ever strikers. Um, but that shows, and obviously we've had Clinton on the pod multiple times, and he's still the same Clinton, and he's still brilliant with all this punditry. That shows the confidence that Clinton had at that point to be uh, offering advice to England's best striker. I remember that game. That was after the, that was the Selhurst leg, wasn't it? Yeah. And was it when Heskey and Owen were up front? Yeah. And they both kept skying it over the bar. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, and I think Clinton attracted a lot of heat from Liverpool fans after that. But you know, he just just took his moment, didn't he? And then some. Just you know, I'm in the spotlight. I'm going to use it. <laughs> and not only have I uh, shone off the pitch, I'm going to create some uh, turbulence off the pitch as well. I remember that. I mean, how long ago was that? Oh, that was two, 2001. So that's over 20 years ago. Wow. Incredible. I remember that. I remember... So Clinton got the second in that game. Uh, Andreas Rubens opened the scoring for us with an absolute yeah. thunderbolt from the edge of the box. If, you, if you're too young to remember this game, do go and Google it because it was a bit of a seminal... I mean, at the time, Palace were actually tumbling towards relegation under Alan Smith and had to be saved in the last minute of the last game of the season by Dougie Friedman at Stockport. But in the Cup, we were something else that season. We beat Sunderland mm. in the previous round, who I think were a Premier League team at the time. Uh, we also beat them in the F- Sunderland in the FA Cup about a week later as well. Um, <laughs> but that Liverpool game, the, I've never really known an atmosphere at Sellers like it until probably more recent years when we've been in the Premier League. It was electric. And when Ruben scored that goal, I'd say it was probably the most, and I'm going to use a sort of uh, a youthful colloquialism here, the most hashtag limbs moment I think I've seen in the in the home. So I used to, I was sitting in block B at the time when I used to be sort of younger and louder. Um, and my memory is that two of the guys that sat, 
I didn't know anyone in my, in my row. I was about three or four rows behind Rob, but I didn't actually know anyone in my row. And a couple of the guys sort of ended up about four or five rows in front of me. It was just complete carnage because it was, and we'll talk about the Rubens goal because Clinton then scored a few minutes later to make it 2-0. And then I think Yari Litmanen or, or Vladimir Smyser got a goal back for us, uh, back for <laughs> back for Liverpool. That's a Freudian slip. Um, but it was more because we were so bad in the league and we would just come out of administration. It was the shock, the shock of seeing Rubens score this goal. And he'd already got a, a belter in a couple of rounds earlier away at Leicester. But it was the shock mixed with the euphoria of, oh my word, we've just scored a belt against Liverpool, who actually went on to get the treble that year of League Cup, FA Cup and UEFA Cup, I think. Um, yeah, it was just a mad, mad night. The atmosphere was crazy. And then Clinton scored a real poacher's effort, sort of spun on the spot. I think, uh, I think Forsell, who had a very good season for us that year, sort of, uh, laid one off to him on the on the volley and Clinton smashed it in the top corner. And it was a well-taken goal, actually. So, yeah, it was just, a, it was one of the most memorable nights at Sellers, actually. And in typical Palace fashion, Richard. And, yeah. I, and I think uh, a lot of Liverpool fans feel like Clinton got his comeuppance because after those quotes, we went to Anfield, 2-1 up, thinking, you know what, hold, hold out for a bit. Yeah. They'll be on the ropes and they'll come at us, maybe hit him on the break, we could be in the final. We were 3-0 down within about 15 minutes and went on mm-hmm. to lose 5-0. From memory, Gary McAllister, Gary McAllister had an apps and Danny Murphy, I think, both had absolute worldy performances. Uh, and we were, you know, <laughs> back in our place. But for a moment, you know, us and Clinton, we sort of dared to dream, didn't we? Yeah, it was just, you know, there's odd snatches. I actually went to the um, replay. It was an FA Cup replay at Anfield when Julian Gray scored twice yeah, and we beat them 2-0 and Friedman was sent off yeah, and it was I mean one of them was actually a Hencho own goal but I do remember going up driving up there thinking we have not got a Scooby here we're going to get absolutely hammered and we had no expectations then Julian Gray scored and then we I think Friedman then got sent off and we were just hanging on for dear life and then we got another one and I remember we coming out of Anfield and we were just in this daze. We're just going, what has actually just happened here? And we went for a curry as you do in the middle of Liverpool. And we ended up, we were staying in some premier inn or something by the docks. And it was just, I just still was shaking my head thinking, how the hell do we do that? But usually what we do is, as you say, two one up for the first leg. We got a chance here. Smashed. 5-0, 3-0 down and whatever it was, 16 minutes. But um, it's just weird. I, I, I was thinking about this the other day. Weird how when we go to Anfield, we either do incredibly well or we do incredibly badly. You know, obviously the 9-0 is the classic. <clears throat> we've been beaten 3-4, 5-0. But we've also won there quite a few times. And it's just... It's just an odd thing how we either do really, really well or we do really, really badly. Um, at least we got our loss at Anfield out of the way this season. So that actually, that 5-0, that 2-1 then at 5-0 and then mm. the FA Cup game you're talking about, which I think was January 2003, February 2003. Yeah. That actually got the ball rolling on us being Liverpool's bogey team because in the next 13 games, and obviously we didn't, weren't in the Premier League for a bit, there was a couple of yeah. FA Cup games, we beat them seven times. 
and that includes us wow. coming coming back up again and um, playing them in the Premier League. One and, and one draw. Uh, so yeah, so eight. That is amazing. Out of thirteen, yeah. unbeaten against them, and then the last win was the two-one win. I think the Allardyce. Yeah, April twenty seventeen, when Allardyce was manager. Since then, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games against Liverpool. Richard, how many defeats? Uh, would it be ten? It is ten. Yeah. So and very probably much quite a heavy goal team. difference their way. There's a two nil, three nil, seven nil, two nil. Yeah, it's it's not yeah. it's not yeah. pretty. So for a time, we were Liverpool's bogey team, and it was absolutely beautiful. And of course, culminated in that Crystal Ball game at Sellers, which is uh, yeah. another great Liverpool game under the lights at Sellers. So you yeah. know, for about what that would be, 2003 till 2013, to 13, so for ten years, we had Liverpool in our back pocket. The decade. The decade. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, that was... Uh, yeah, never mind. It was a good decade. It was a good decade. Uh, and do you know what is, what's interesting about Clinton as well, Jesse, is that <laughs> some some players, after that kind of uh, public, I guess, trolling at the time, and some would say humiliation in the second leg, might have sort of wound their neck in a bit. Clinton did not change a single iota and still hasn't all these years later. And I think that's just why we love him so much. Yeah, and I think he's done such a great job of transitioning into the media world. You know, he's, he's a well-respected pundit straight out the blocks, isn't he? I think he does Sunday Supplement every pretty much every week now. And he did, he, in the international break, he did Five Live as well. He's, so he's he been a, on Five uh, Live for a while. Yeah, but they did a, um, a, a Football League special because there was no Premier League games, obviously. Mm. So Clinton was on that. Um, yeah, I, I I like him. I think he's he's got some good. He's got good counter arguments too. You know, he's definitely he's sort of researches his um, the opposition and whoever's playing and their track record. Whenever I've seen him um, put arguments to to a game, so yeah, I, I think he's. I think he's. We're going to see a lot of him. I don't think he's going anywhere. No, and what's nice about him, and he did a few Palace games during lockdown for, I think Amazon and possibly BT, to have a pundit that actually knows about Palace. Because yeah. most of the time, Palace are on and they're probably playing a top six team and people talk about that team and don't bother with Palace. He was coming on and saying some actual stuff that Palace fans were like, yes, finally, thank you. Someone that actually like, understands what our club's about and that is always refreshing to have someone that not only knows your team, but you know, loves your club as well, yeah. uh, which Clinton always will. So we love Clinton. And if that actually would be a very good live guest for a live podcast as well. So uh, yes, yeah. Yeah. might see if he's up for that at some point. And I've just Googled, but unfortunately... Uh, not on LinkedIn. So, oh. uh, never mind. Um, the, guys, I, I don't know if we'll have time for three quotes, but let's take a quick break and uh, we'll come back with another quote each. Uh, but this has been a lot of fun. So I, I'm looking forward to see what other quotes you got. You guys got lined up. Uh, so we'll be right back with more quotes after this. Shut up, baby! Let me see where you're coming from. Shut up, baby! Let me see. Hey! We all take on different roles every day. One minute you're a parent, the next a chef, or a driver. That's why the Volvo XC40 Recharge is designed to be as versatile as you are. It's fully electric and includes a 360-degree camera, Google built-in, and more. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com US. The Volvo XC40 Recharge, for every you. Some equipment optional. Google is a trademark of Google LLC. Ready to go the extra mile in a Volvo Mild Hybrid SUV this summer? No plug-in required. 
Whether you go to the mountains this summer, the ocean, or somewhere in between, Volvo Mild Hybrid Technology adds to a more refined driving experience so you can summer safely. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com. Welcome back to Pardew's Hot Pants, the nostalgic spin-off from the FYP podcast. It's time for quote two. Uh, Jesse, who's your second quote? Okay, so this is a slightly different tack. So this is someone talking about Palace rather than someone from the inner circle. Um, so this is Pep Guardiola. You might have heard of him. He, uh, in the all or nothing. Rubbish manager, always losing at home. Yeah, sort of, sort of slightly average. He, um, <laughs> in, the, in the all or nothing series about Man City, that PR exercise, um, there's quite a sort of well-known um sideshow where he that's the season they won the they won the league but there was one moment where he had his guard up and we drew with them nil nil ending like a 30 odd game run where they'd won every game or something like that and we had the chance to beat them didn't we because uh Zaha won a penalty but Luca put it over the bar I think it was just before, was it New Year's Eve? Yeah I yeah. think it was New it was. Year's Eve yeah, yeah. And it was very late that penalty as well. It was in the last very late. Minutes. Yeah, it. I mean, and we played actually. It's when Gyro had his standout game. He was in midfield yes. and yeah. he he really did uh, shine like we'd never seen him before. Um, anyway, in the, uh, the 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 episode um, just before this game, in the I think it maybe maybe the game before actually they just won on the weekend or the game before then then they had to play us in quick succession the sort of flurry of fixtures over Christmas. Um, Guardiola is trying to uh, calm the dressing room hysteria down. Say, ah, oh, we've got Crystal Palace next. So he he gives credit to his analyst who's called Carlos Planchart. Now, if you're going to have an analyst, <laughs> you want him to be called. <laughs> no, this is not a joke. His surname is Planchart, right? <laughs> Right. That is superb. It is like, and I looked him up. He's uh, been with working with Guardiola since 2007. It's well, like have, it's like having a first team coach who's called Steve. Put down cone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, Carlos Blanchard. So, uh, <laughs> it's a name and an order at the same time. I got the feeling that Guardiola trusts this guy. He's been working with him since 2007. So that's Barca, Bayern, and City. Um, and if you go to the Man City website, it says performance analyst Carlos Planchart has worked with Guardiola since 2007. At Bayern and Barca, Planchart analysed the collective, individual, strategic and tactical aspects of the team's play, after which Guardiola will often work one-to-one with the player to enhance particular areas of their game. So that's the context of where the, uh, the kind of warning is coming from Guardiola before this match. He says... This he, he he has his arm around Planchart and he's like prodding him in the in the chest. He says, "This is the guy who's been with me since my days in the fourth division. I trust him." And he told me three days ago, "Wow, Crystal Palace." And I trust him. Crystal Palace will be a real tough game. So that was quite fascinating, wasn't it? When, when we saw that, and um, it, it rung true. And you always saw that Guardiola had a lot of respect for Hodgson. He always not just because of his um, experience and how sort of 
well thought of he is around Europe and in all the leagues and all the nationalities he's coached. But he got the better of him at least a couple of times. So um, I just think it's a real nugget, and especially in a year where Guardiola, where Guardiola and City were really on at the top of their uh, strengths and and top of the game. So um, what do you remember? What do you remember about that? Um, I remember feeling quite proud that, that this manager, Pep Guardiola, and in fact, a lot of the other managers in the Premier League, the high-profile ones, Klopp and, and Jose, uh, had so much respect for Roy. And that, that actually sort of helped me have more respect for Roy, not that I didn't at the time. So I've always thought that, and I think that's a real measure. You can tell the measure of someone by how other people sort of react to him. So I think that was... Um, yeah, I'm just I'm still really tickled by Carlos Planchar. It's it, I think it's the greatest name I've ever heard in my life. It it reminds me of like you know like back in sort of medieval times, people would have the surname of their job. So like the baker would be called baker, and like the butcher would be called butcher, and that's why people now have those names. A uh, Schumacher. Yeah, exactly. So Schweinsteiger. You know these these would be your names. Uh, so he obviously was just like the medieval version of the the. The town analyst, I guess. Clearly, it's, all, it's also near enough the sort of real life manifestation of Alan Sugar's Carlos Kickable, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just think it's the greatest name I've ever heard, and uh, yeah, I'm now a massive Planchart fan. Um, I do have a, I do have a theory though with Guardiola, maybe less so because I think he is quite a trustworthy person. But do you think, Richard, that any of that was true? Or do you think it was a way of him psyching up his players? Uh, I, don't, I mean, if you've got a man called Planchart as your analyst, then you can't can't pull the wool over many people's eyes, can you? Um, actually, I'm I'm going to have to contradict Jesse here because actually Edison saved the penalty. Because he didn't blast oh. it over. Luca didn't blast it over. And it was actually an injury time. Um, Are you watching I, it? You look like you're watching it. No, I'm not watching it. I'm just looking to the heavens. Um, the um, I think one of the things I remember most clearly about that game, apart from the fact we did incredibly well, and they, they were on an 18-match winning run. So they'd won their previous 18 wow. games. Not drawn four. They'd won 18 on trot. Was... When Punchin was it Punchin took out De Bruyne? Yeah, De Bruyne. Yeah. Oh my goodness me! I mean, he didn't just take him out; he smeared him, and he just thought. And the city, I, I, I still have City fans having a go at me about that tackle. And also, who else got injured? Was it Gabriel Jesus? I think got injured in a completely accidental. No, it. it was, oh. I think it was Jaro, wasn't it? You're right. No, it was t- uh, it was either him or Mendy. I think it might be possibly Mendy. No, I think it was. No, I, think, right. I think it was Chase. And it was completely accidental. There was no yeah. foul, and they still go on about it four years later because it was actually New Year's Eve, 2017, which I did check. Um, and it, it's just nice to break those records, isn't it? It's nice to be the one that. And it's almost poetic, the fact we didn't win it because we should have won it because we had a penalty in injury time. But the fact that we still broke that run. And, you know, that, that, was, that was a feather in our cap. Well, and weirdly, as you say, for Hodgson, it was, a, it was a massive feather in his cap. Well, I mean, 
two things. Firstly, the punch and tackle, I can still see it. And um, City fans were like, you've you've broken De Bruyne. Yeah, There's going to be yeah. outrageous. De Bruyne was actually back within about two weeks. Yeah, Punching was out for months. Punching injured himself way worse than De Bruyne with that. Not that I'm trying to justify it, but right. he injured himself way worse. Although, yeah, in theory, he might have stopped City scoring on the break. So, you know, maybe it was worth it. I'd say probably he was one step away from getting his belt out to stop De Bruyne. <laughs> um, but um, that would have seemed at the time, I think, for Palace and where we were, wow, this is as good, good as it's going to get against City and fair play to us. Less than a year later, we're beating them at the Etihad. Mm. And again, that was stopping some sort of unbeaten run, I think, I believe, at the Etihad uh, that has stre- probably stretched back a, a long while. With also... do, you want, do you want a nugget now? Do you want a nugget? Always, always. So, um, Man City have played 51 games in the Premier League at three o'clock on the Saturday, they have only lost two of those 51 games. Two weeks ago, they lost 2-0 to Crystal Palace, and then they lost 3-2 to Crystal Palace at home. Those are the only two defeats they've had in 51 matches on a Saturday at three o'clock. Is that what, under Pep or ever? Got to be under Pep, surely. Yeah, under Pep. Yeah, but I mean, fifty-one. They don't play on Saturdays that often, so it's going a long way back. It's like five years. But so, isn't that the most extraordinary nugget you've ever come across? Well, that is that is. I mean, that is madness, really, mm. and not something you'd ever expect to a Palace fan. And actually, weirdly, makes sort of his his quote quote that Jesse's picked out almost like a weird premonition. Yeah, yeah. He he knows deep he down knew. that we're yeah. the problem. We are the problem. Hopefully, hopefully that quote was a little more uh, the sort of nugget length that you were looking for, Richard, after my uh, my first opus. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I, I didn't realise you had Shakespeare in your veins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, Richard, she moves on to your quote too. Do you want a short one or a long one? As the actress said to the bishop. No, wait. Yeah. Yes, so anyway, just all right. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you... Uh, you, whatever you want, mate. Whatever you want. Okay, well, I'm going to run, actually, with this very short one, but it's connected to Jess's last one. Ooh, okay. Because it's a comment by a manager about our team, and it happens to be a manager who's quite highly respected, Jurgen Klopp. Okay? So he said this in December 2015. He said, Sometimes I would really like to change my personality but I can't forget this f***ing loss against Crystal Palace. His first loss for Liverpool against us at Am- I mean, we, we've referred to it earlier. Um, he was really angry about that. I mean, he just really was so pissed off that he should lose to Crystal Palace. It, the sneer, you, you have to listen to the clip. That it's on YouTube. Just listen to it. And he's just so disrespectful. He says, Crystal Palace. He just thinks we, you know, we do not even deserve to grace his the bottom of his shoe. <laughs> so this and will be this will be the, it. this will be the eighth of November twenty fifteen. That uh, was the win, but this is uh, a couple of weeks afterwards yeah. when he still it was still burning his soul. It seared into his psyche that he had lost a game to Crystal Palace. It's 
Well, well, it's, when you're a team like Palace, getting to ruffle the feathers of the big... Of, oh, yeah. Well, not just that, get under the skin of the top six, which clearly we did with this. It honestly makes the years and years of watching Palace go into administration and get relegated for decades. Um, it makes it all worthwhile. So I think this was the game that uh, Yannick scored uh, yeah. and then Scott Dan scored very late on with a sort of rebounded header right in front of the away fans. I actually went to this one as well, which is, I've not been to many games at Anfield, but I was actually at this one uh, in a rare showing. Um, and Jesse, was this, was this the game that you were in the exec boxes? Well, I remember I was at that game. Yeah. And uh, I won money on it, didn't I? I've told you this. I've, I feel I hate repeating myself, but it's a great story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I was, in the New Balance box with Joe Ledley's dad. That's right, yeah. And um, Joe Ledley has just retired. That's it. The same, the very same. Mm. Uh, Ledley was on the bench, and Joe Ledley's dad put money on him to score, even though he was on the bench. He came on. He came on to shore it up, but not. He didn't score. But I, I had money on uh, Balassi two one because it was in one of those boxes where they come round with the betting slips. They make it very hard not to bet because <laughs> you're, you know, you're getting. Applied with free food and drink, yeah. not spending any money. <laughs> so, oh, go on then. And then, not only that, it came in. It was like a tenner at sixteen to one for Balassi to score and Palace to win two one. Couldn't believe my luck. Sixteen to one. Surely it was yeah. longer odds than that. I, I mean, maybe I put a fiver on it. I can't even remember. I, I think I took home about one hundred and sixty quid from yeah, it. That's beautiful. Um, <laughs> not bad. So. Um, and I and I I remember Klopp was really riled. I mean, this you're right. This interview that you're talking about was not that soon after. It was a little while after, like one or yeah, two no, weeks. It was like, yeah, quite a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. But his post-match reaction, he was so disappointed with the Anfield crowd. He couldn't, you know, this is a guy who's just come from Germany from the Bundesliga, where the twelfth man is uh, something else, and he was promised, or at least thought he was going to get the same. Um, sort of levels from the Anfield crowd. He couldn't believe they just had despondent they were when losing at home to a, a team they they really, sh- by all, all things considered, shouldn't be losing to. Um, and he was just he looked he looked lost. He looked really shocked by by the sort of um, lack of passion that he saw that 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 day. I mean, he's obviously not different. It's a different Anfield these days, but yeah, he clearly was rattled by that result. Mm. Um, and it was his first loss as Liverpool manager, I think. That's right, yeah. Um, and clearly, a couple of weeks later, it was, it was still, uh, you know, a monkey on his back, which that interview is brilliant, isn't it? And he, I know he's he's known for swearing in quite a few interviews, isn't he? Because in Germany, yeah. you, can, you can. I think in German post-match interviews, they do swear. Do they? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Which is why it's quite natural to him. Um, but, it, you know, you take a bit of pleasure in seeing him get rattled. Because he's not—he's a bad loser, and uh, mm-hmm. he's suffered a couple, a couple of times. And, you know, it's, you know, and you know, by extension, he's got rid of Benteke. Then Benteke came and scored two against him at Anfield. We've had a few of those moments, haven't we? Was that was that also the game uh, with the photo on the touchline of him screaming at Pardew, and Pardew's just <laughs> got his hand in his face, sort of palming yeah, him up? Is that the same game? Must be, must be. Yeah, that's yeah. the Pardew game, and Pardew's you know yeah. saying, "Oh, I'm a better manager than you." Blah, 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 blah. get over it um, yeah no I mean I think I mean so we've beaten them there we beat them as under Allardyce as we were saying 
we either do really well or we do really badly. But we, I, I don't think many teams have beaten Liverpool at Anfield as often as we have in the last five or six years, have they? Yeah, our, our last, our last four years have not been good. The last four, I agree, but we did do them twice. But before that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, before that, 2017, 2015, 2015. And we were very unlucky when we lost that 4-3 game. It's when Julian had a bit of a nightmare, didn't he? Yeah, we were very good then, actually. Very good. Um, yes, we were unlucky then. But uh, The other thing I remember about Joe Ledley's dad was... I'm was sorry about Joe Ledley's nice. dad, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just came, just came to mind. He was very pleasant, very... You know, he obviously wasn't that far a journey from him, from South Wales to Liverpool, yeah. so he was quite pleased about that. He could get home quickly. He was quite happy about that. And I remember it was just after that period where Joe Ledley had become famous for dancing in the Wales changing room every yeah. time they beat someone in, in the Euros that year. Yeah. Uh, or around then, he was famous for it over a little period, wasn't he? Yeah. And he, he took a bit of credit for that. He said, yeah, people say he gets his dan- he gets his dancing from me. <laughs> so, yeah. oh, I, I love, I I love that, Joe Ledley. <laughs> what a claim to what a claim to fame! <laughs> Not the footballing skills, his dancing, no, but skills, dancing skills. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Joe Ledley. I, I, Joe Ledley. He came up on the main pod this week. Actually, I can't remember why we're talking about him, but um, yeah, he was a very he was a very enjoyable player to watch. Once he grew the beard out and became this dancing <laughs> Welsh warrior. Mm. Um, yeah, he was a great player for us and did actually did score against Liverpool a couple he of did. years before that, didn't yeah. he? When uh, Belasti did the little flick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, uh, I enjoyed Joe Deadly as well. Another potential live pod guest. I think he might be quite good actually for a live Christ, pod. you're going to have to get a bigger bloody space here. <laughs> well, what about the Albert Hall? We need, we need a bigger stage for him to do his dance moves on. So we're obviously... Well, but, well, he should pair up a couple of players, Jim. I know that it might it might uh, be prohibitive cost wise, but um, <laughs> what about Danny Danny Butterfield and Sandor Twigelli? That would be uh... <laughs> poor, poor Sandor. Oh, oh, yeah. All that all that era of that team. There seems to be some sort of story about Sandor Twigelli, um, but uh, yeah, I don't think he was the most popular player in there. It's shame though, because actually, Kavides, he wasn't that key. Kavides, yeah. Somewhere. Well, it was. I mean, he was right. There was a sort of they they just. I wonder if actually they just literally had stuck to the squad that got them up with one or two additions rather than changing everything. You yeah. know, you wonder actually how we would have done because they had such a good, I know we're going off topic, such a good togetherness from that yeah. four-month run, four or five-month mm-hmm. run to the final. You actually wonder whether that would have spilled over. Um, but we'll never know. We'll never know. Um, would you like my final quote? Absolutely. Yes, yes please, got? James. Okay, so this is... Um, I would <laughs> please stop calling me James. Um, I it's one is, of those. Uh, hang on, that, hang on. Sorry, sorry, Jim. Is Jurgen Klopp on LinkedIn? Oh, oh good question. I mean, hmm, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say probably not. I reckon probably not. Well, there's a Jurgen Klopp oh. who's a head who's a head coach of LFC Boston. Oh no, there is a Jurgen Klopp manager of, and it's in German. Oh. So wow. possibly, yeah. But what's his? What's he say? The current job is under his manager, manager of Liverpool Football Club. Get away! 
It's loading yeah. now. I, yeah, I'll let you know later on. It might. Be, I mean, it could be someone with a fake. I'm, I'm going to have so. a look at this. Oh, it's nice. No, it's in Swedish, not German. Uh, so I suspect probably not. Rubbish. Probably not. But someone called Jurgen Klopp <laughs> is the head coach at LFC Boston. So I don't know if that's uh, mm. okay. slightly dodge. Slightly dodge. So no, too much of a question. Probably, probably not. <laughs> um, right. My quote is: um, "Might go down as sort of an urban myth, maybe, or under categorised under urban myth, but it's." going way back to the early 90s with Sir Steve Koppel talking to a young Palace striker called Stan Collymore. And reportedly, this is how the conversation went. Koppel, we have to treat this like a cup match. It's very important. Collymore, sorry, boss, I can't do that. Koppel, why not, Stan? Collymore, boss, I've already played in the cup this year and I'm cup tied. (laughs) Is that real? I don't know. I mean, it might be one of those urban myths, but uh, you can sort of believe, Jesse, that it might be real, can't you? Yeah. I mean, I feel like the whole Stan Collymore playing for Palace thing, it just feels like, it doesn't feel real at all. It feels like a myth. Yeah. Like, there's the one famous picture, isn't there, of Collymore and Ian Wright. Have you seen that, that one? I don't think so, no. No. It's very odd. It's very, I've sent it before on WhatsApp. You've seen it. It's at the training ground. They're wearing one of them's wearing really short shorts, uh, and one of them's got a dodgy tash, probably Collymore. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I've got it now. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, yeah. he has got a very, <laughs> a very dodgy tash. Yeah, and he's in a bright red and blue, very early '90s shell suit. He looks a little bit like he's got his hair slicked back. He looks a little bit like they've gone on like a 1920s uh, gangster night out, uh, and actually he'd look better off yeah. in, in a pinstripe <laughs> suit. Uh, but yeah, very odd, very odd photo. Yeah, yeah. it's a sort of um, recreation of Bugsy Malone. SE25 exactly. level. Whoa, he looks it's really very weird, odd, isn't it? Looks really weird. <laughs> we'll we'll treat got, that. He, he's got no shorts on, has he? He has got no shorts. I mean, yes, no, it's right. not short shorts. He's got no shorts on. No, I mean, he's, he's very much uh, the... Uh, the bagginess of early '90s shell suits is doing a lot of heavy lifting there. Um, I would pay good money. I'd pay good money for that jacket. No, that's pretty. Yeah, cool. it's a cool jacket. Though it's not. It's. It looks like it should be Adidas, but it's not. It's clearly not. It's clearly. It's going to be Buckter, isn't it? The, the knockoff uh, back of a van yeah. manufacturer that Palace used at the time. Um, but yeah, it does look pretty cool. Um, but Stan Collymore obviously wasn't very successful. But I think we got him from South End, or did we sell him to South End? I can't remember. Um, yeah, we got him from Southend, didn't we? And he only scored one goal for us. Is that right? Didn't play very much. He only scored one really? goal, then, and then he's come uh, on a sub all the time, didn't he? Yeah, and then he went to Forest, or yeah, or found his way Forest. to Forest, mm-hmm. and 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 suddenly sort of blossomed into this like powerhouse of a striker. And there's a video clip that's done around on Twitter in the last sort of year or so of him back at Sellers. I want to say judging by the Palace kit, ninety three, ninety four, ninety five, maybe, and he's just running rings around Palace defence. I mean, he literally just gets the ball in the edge of the box and bulldozes three, about three or four players and smashes it in the top corner. Which I'm guessing Richard would have been a very, very different, very different player to the one that, you know, had mini cameos, whatever it was, 91, 92 for Palace. Yeah, it, I just do remember him. And you're right, actually. He was sold to South End after he left us. But I just remember him coming on as a sub and being really effective. Although, as you say, and he scored one goal... But he looked, it's like right when he first started, he used to come on as a sub and look really good. 
but he went on to great things. Collymore, uh, I mean, obviously he became a pretty good player, didn't he? He scored quite a lot of goals for Liverpool. Uh, always used to score against Newcastle in ridiculous 4-3 games. Um, and did pretty well at Villa as well. But as you say, when he, I, I vaguely remember him playing for us. And he just felt like he was a bit raw. Talented, but just not quite the finished article, whereas clearly he developed into um, a pretty finished article. His um, his goal stats actually at basically everyone but Palace are really yeah, good. pretty good, yeah. This is according to Wikipedia, so obviously it might be completely wrong. And I think Wikipedia only show league games and their stats, but it's, it's mm. one goal in 20 for Palace. Then he goes to Southend, 15 to 30. So that's classic one in two. Mm. Uh, Forest, 41 in 65. Which is an insane yeah. record. Liverpool 28 and 64, so nearly one in two as well. And then his yeah. career does start to drop off a bit. But yeah, what a player. What a player he was. And actually, it's funny, Jesse, you were saying about Lombardo earlier. So my first game was 92. So by then, I think he'd possibly gone to South End or maybe was about to leave. So I never saw him play for Palace. But my formative years of a Palace fan are watching Palace go down in 93, back up again in 94, down in 95, and uh, become a yo yo team which is basically when he peaked as a player. And you'd look at the TV and think, how, how do we let this guy go? This mm. guy played for Palace. Are you sure? It, as you say, it, it didn't quite feel real. So it was a very, very weird for a young Palace fan at the time to think that we let this guy go. Wasn't there a similar scrape we had? We were offered Andy Cole in, as part of the Ian Wright transfer. We turned it down. No, I've never heard that. That's really? true. Andy Cole? Yeah. Yeah, he was at Arsenal as a young player. It's, it was, I think it was that transfer. Wow. We turned him down as part of the deal. We took the cash, no part exchange. Because part exchanges wow. were all the rage back then, weren't they? Mm. Yeah. Never, get, never get any part exchanges these days. It's just no. gone out of fashion, Jesse. It's definitely out of fashion. fashion. Oh, my yeah. word. What, Richard, what, a, can, what Richard, a sliding doors moment that would have been for Palace. Wouldn't it? Richard, I definitely think there's a part exchange book or nuggets as an article in park exchanges i've go. already got i've already got a documentary on languages um and i'm going to write yeah. a book about uh aki Riolati. so you, what else have i got to do now <laughs> part, part exchanges please part exchanges. there was um there was a couple yeah, of slide doors moments of palace then because obviously i mean can you imagine a young andy cole my word um we got we got marco gabbiadini instead with the ian wright money who to be fair to him had been very good at Sunderland, I believe, um, yes. but obviously struggled for us. But at the same time, I think... Scored we were, at Anfield, though, didn't he? Scored at Anfield. Scored at Anfield. I, think we, I think we were looking at a young Southampton striker called Alan Shearer at the time as well. And I think we didn't want to pay whatever they were asking. And so Gary Dini was a bit a bit cheaper. Yeah. Can you imagine if we just forked out a little bit more money for Alan Shearer? I mean, yeah, could have been very... <laughs> the 90s could have been very different for Palace, couldn't they? Do you remember the first ever Palace Premier League game? Uh, yes, it was at home to Blackburn. Who scored twice? Alan Shearer. Yeah, I was there. That was my second ever game. It was my brother's first ever game at the okay. age of five. Or I would have been, I'd have been eight, eight, eight. Yeah, seven yeah. or eight. And he was thirty-five. And my first game was the first uh, of January that year. Home to Notts County, one, 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 nil. Gabby Dini actually scored on my first ever game. Yeah. Um, then Seb got the uh, the Blackburn game, and in my memory, he 
every time there was a goal, the 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 cheer was too much for him, and he cried. Uh, so of course, in my memory, he cried six times, which is absolutely hilarious. Uh, but actually, I spoke to Dad about this recently, and apparently, by the third or fourth goal, he got used to it and quite enjoyed it. Um, yeah. And I think Simon Osborne scored a last-minute equaliser. Uh, yeah. Gareth Southgate scored for us. Good game. Good, good first game to welcome the Premier League to Sellers Park. It was. Um, yeah, and if you get a copy of Premier League Nuggets, there's a little bit about it in there. <laughs> shameless. Oh, shameless, shameless. But uh, but no Stan Collymore for Palace that day. No. So uh, yeah. A very weird time in the early 90s and, and we could have had I mean we got Chris Armstrong not not long after who so was very good but you know we could have had some incredible forwards it sounds like David Palace in the 90s but uh, it wasn't this is what's weird about that picture that we, that we talked about of Wrighty and Collymore is 30 years old this year Jesus is it and, oh and you think God. yeah it's bizarre because when that was taken which doesn't feel long ago when I look at it really I know it looks long ago but it doesn't feel 30 years ago uh, At that time, 30 years ago then, was like the Beatles popping through. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm like, I know everything feels longer because it went from black and white to colour and everything, but <laughs> just don't get it. Just don't, it's like Britpop. How can Britpop be long ago, as long ago now as the Beatles were then? You, you see that popping <laughs> up on, on, on Twitter. Because it's, it's now, we're now, hang on. So 1990 was uh, 20, 31 years ago. Yes. So we're Ooh. now, we're now, further from 1990 than we were in 96 when they sang about 30 years of hurt from 66 that's insane yeah <laughs> i mean that that's just unacceptable isn't it you've just that's... fried my brain i mean it's you know, it's quite late now and i'm really uh, my brain is frazzled yeah so that's just yeah <laughs> maybe it's the white talking isn't that mad so it would be, it would, last year would have been, or this year would have been 56 years of hurt, if we're still counting, which I have been every tournament since of course. 1996. Um, so yeah, I'm sure we'll hit 60 years of hurt very soon, uh, which is terrifying. Anyway, should we take a quick break and do three more quotes quickly after that? How do you feel about that? Totally, yeah. I'm there. Yeah. All right. Join us after this. Stand up, baby. Let me see where you're coming from. Stand up, baby. Let me see. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Experiences are what people love most about travel. With Viator, you can browse and book tours and activities so incredible you'll want to tell your friends. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures in over 190 countries. There's something for everyone. Download the Viator app now and use Viator 10 for 10% off your first booking. One app, over 300,000 experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Welcome back to Party Top Pants, the nostalgic spin-off from the FYP podcast. We've got, th- we got one more quote each. This has been a lot of fun delving into... Uh, Delving into the past, as we do on this spin-off series. Uh, Richard, I come to you first. What is your final quote for this episode? Okay, well, I had a choice of two here, because I had Mr. Quotability, Ian Holloway, which, you know, I mean, you've got 
a reservoir here, or I've got Eddie Izzard. It's your choice. Oh, I mean, we do love Eddie on this podcast. Okay. So this is Eddie Izzard on when he became a director of our club. And it's another very simple one. He said, all I really want is for Crystal Palace to win every game between now and the end of time. Simple, <laughs> effective, brilliant. I mean, that's a very Eddie Izzard uh, quote. Um, I mean, she's not asking too much there let's be honest uh I mean, yeah every game i mean i don't know can't quite remember when that was actually the quote i doubt whether we lasted more than two games into the <laughs> i would love uh, yeah era. i'd love to work out when did eddie become a director how quickly exactly. did we not win a game probably <laughs> the immediate game straight afterwards pretty much um, yeah can you imagine jesse if you did support a team that literally won every single game all the time i mean it'd be be pretty boring wouldn't it well, this is why i often say to anyone who will listen about being a palace fan is it's good training for life <laughs> because when you do when you do have a good moment you do appreciate it because it's uh doesn't happen every week it's like once a month if if you're lucky <laughs> yeah and we, and we are doing we're riding high right now let's be honest um but yeah it's uh i say it's my kids as well you could you need to appreciate the highs for what they are and the, you know, take the lows for what they are. One of your points is unbeaten, isn't he still? And Sonny's still unbeaten. So Sonny's update is he's been to three games now. He's still unbeaten yet. So the first one was Watford 1-0. Yeah. Then Spurs 3-0. Good. And he was at, he was at Newcastle 1-1. I was obviously a bit overconfident about extending his winning run there. <laughs> yeah. Didn't quite work out that way. But we did lose, so... First goal conceded at home. Bit disappointing. We didn't lose, so he can come again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What happens if, if we lose when he comes? Is that it? He's he's out of the will? Um, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, I guess. <laughs> I love the way that... Because i got to think about when Maria comes to a game every couple of years. Yeah. But um, selectively, selectively, once you really... If, I mean, if, if Sonny, you know, we're unbeaten in the next game, you're going to have to really start being selective with who we play against. Uh, because... Yeah, you want to keep that run going. Or maybe, you know, he, he's a sort of magic charm, lucky charm. And you want to, you only want to use him in games where Palace really need a victory. Got to, got to start considering these things. Bring him to the FA Cup final in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I mean, we play Man United for the third time <laughs> and we finally beat them. Hmm? You say I should keep his gunpowder dry. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, right, Jesse, what's your second quote? My second, third quote. Third, sorry. My third quote is a little bit more up to, up to date than the other ones. So um, this is a certain Wilfred Zaha. Um, when we had, I think it was, the, was it the first time we played Brighton in the top flight? 2018, April 2018. It feels like, mm. yeah, it was the first time since the playoffs, wasn't it? Um, yeah. eight, the April game would have been, there'd have been an earlier game. I think we drew nil-nil with them. Uh, in the league, down down there. Okay. That, that was, was the game where there was trouble, I think. Their first yeah. season up. Yeah. 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 So there was a good bit of content that the Palace media team did. Do you remember this? It was quite uh, emotions laid bare from Zaha. He said, prior to the match, I just want to play the game, brackets against Brighton. I want to beat them and then they can be quiet. 
I feel there's no need for us to have the debate. I don't feel like they're better than us. We just need to get the game over and done with, beat them, and they can just go back to wherever they came from, really. I get so much stick from them, I'm looking forward to the game. Um, and a lot of, I think that got a few headlines. I think a lot of those quotes were lifted, which is which is why I was able to find it. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, but do you remember that? And it, obviously it was a success, thankfully. We won 3-2 and Saha scored another header against Brighton. Another <laughs> rare header. Um, and Maori scored a blinder when it fl- the ball flew over Scott Dan's head. Yeah, yeah. It was a good game, that. We went 3-0 up, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, I missed that game. I wasn't there. I wasn't there, but yeah, it was a good one. I don't think uh, we were 3-0 up. I think we were 2-0 up. They got back to 2-1. We then went 3-0 Then we went 3-2. Yeah. And then they Great scored. game, that. Murray missed a really good chance in the second half as well. Did he? Really uh, it was... Uh, it's all... I mean, Wilf is very candid, to be honest, quite a lot of the time, but certainly around Brighton. Um, slight Ukipy vibes, the bit where he says, go back to where you came from. Um, but... <laughs> I, I think um, from the Ivory Coast. I think he's I think he's very good. He's very good, Wilf, at winding fans up. He knows exactly what to say. I think there was a quote from a similar time. I thought, um, where he said something about shutting them up, didn't he? Yeah, like, yeah, shut yeah. them up, yeah. which he did. Well, I thought you're right to pick up on that line, wherever they came from, really, because at first it just sounds like very uh, UKIP. But then when you think about it, it's also just a double insult to Brighton. It's just as though, <laughs> like, I know you're from a place called Brighton, but I don't quite know where that is. I just, yeah. Yeah. I just know we go there and pick up some points once in a while. Or is it, um, <laughs> yeah. Is it a nod to the fact that most Brighton fans support a second team? So who are they? Where are they really from anyway? Because they support yeah. top six team as well. So un- unintentionally, it was a, a good layered insult from Wilf. Mm. <laughs> I think uh, I don't think there'll be. I mean, he winds up so many people of a, of every club, but I don't think there'll be a player, past or future, that will ever wind up Brighton fans as much as Wilf. And good on him for that. <laughs> Indeed. Um, shall I do my final quote? Go on. Much like you, Richard, I've chosen someone who uh, we could have done a whole episode on, and maybe we will in future weeks. Uh, but I've got a quote here from one Simon Jordan, mm. who we do now hear quite a lot from on the radio, unfortunately. Uh, so here is my quote uh, from him. He says, In retrospect, of course, I regret calling Charlton fans morons. Imbeciles would have been more appropriate. So this is a time when obviously he was, uh, well, he was Richard, a bit of a renter quote at the time, wasn't he? He he had a couple of columns going on. Uh, he liked the sound of his own voice, um, but but annoyingly, he would now and then come out with some quite funny quotes like that one. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a bit of a sort of, um, I, I don't know about him because he's obviously on talk sport now. And he does that rent quote thing. And he does, you know, those people who say things to be controversial. I always feel Jordan's a bit like that. He's just doing it to wind people up. Um, but he's quite good at it. And he's not hes not a stupid man. Um, I've read his autobiography. What a pile of shit that book is. It is one of the worst books I've ever read. Because... You think, right, I'm going to read a book about Simon Jordan because I'm a Palace fan. Half of it's about how he built his empire in the mobile telecoms business. I don't give a fly 
about his mobile telecoms business. All I want to know is what happened with Dowie, blah, 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 blah. And he's, he bigs himself up. He said, oh, I did this brilliant thing. I could have made money in mobile telecoms at that time. And I'm a business idiot. So please don't go on about how brilliant a businessman you are. Um, anyway, off that. Um, yes, I, I agree with you, Jim, whatever you said. <laughs> um, <clears throat> also, surely Simon Jordan's on LinkedIn. He must oh, be on LinkedIn. He has to be. He's premium. He'll be on premium. <laughs> He's got to be, <laughs> surely. Um, There'll be yeah. a special orange thing in his... Um, <laughs> Well, I mean, Richard has very, uh, successfully there just eradicated any chance of Simon Jordan ever coming on the Oh, podcast. sorry, are we going to invite him? Oh, no, I'll try no, if you like. No, to be honest, no. And I don't think he ever would. I think it'd be no. a very awkward conversation. But uh, yeah, he presided over quite a sort of weird time at Palace, Jesse, didn't he really? Sort of saved the club, gave us one season in the Prem and then tried to, didn't try to, but inadvertently almost ruined the club as well. I was surprised. Yeah, I was surprised to hear... Um... Danny Butterfield speak quite fondly of him, really. Um, I think it's because he was didn't kowtow to his his sort of huff and puff. He sort of, he, as he yeah. said, he took the mickey out of his aftershave. Yeah, yeah. And he thought that that indeed, like in the same way that I imagine Clinton Morrison would talk to him. Yeah, I know that they got on as well. So it was. I think he was. You were marmite to sign Simon Jordan. He either hated you or uh, he had time for you. And I think. Mm-hmm. It was interesting to hear Danny Butterfield go on with him. He's making a good living for himself, isn't he, in his second life on TalkSport? Uh, it seems to be working for him. But I think whenever you see him say something, you see a lot of people going, okay, I think, he, yeah, he's got a good point. Uh, you see that You see that a lot, um, whether it, even if it's dressed up with a lot of kind of vitriol and huff and puff. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it, seems, it seems like another... Another lifetime ago, doesn't it now? Because it's just everything's so unrecognisable, apart from the stadium. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think we should, you know, ever get away from the shoddy, shaky Celeste Park. I I think if they built that new ridiculous thing, it wouldn't feel the same. Let's keep it. It it needs an upgrade. I I sit in the main stand. Oh come on! So the legs are appalling. It's awful. It is. Yeah, it's awful. And it's but it's it's typical Palace. If they can build that new main standard, but still somehow keep the vibe of Celeste, and yeah, it's nice. It's a Crystal Palace they've gone for, you know. So yeah, I know that. We'll see. I mean, they they need to have you need to have your knees up by your nose. (laughs) Whatever happens in the main stand, you on that that. on that point. Have you did you see that picture of Peter Crouch when he was last at Selhurst? No. No. Here you go. I'm just going to put put it up. You just said with your knees up to your nose. There you go. Oh my word! Let's have a look at this. You scroll. You have to scroll down. Uh, hang on. Let's have a look. Why is it not loading? Come on, loading. Yeah, mine's loading. Crouchy's facial expression says it all. Here we go. <laughs> that is me. That is me <laughs> on a match day in the main stand. That is me. <laughs> that is that is typical Palace. Yeah, just. For anyone listening, he is—he sat right back down the front by the dugout uh, on executive seats, which are basically normal seats with a little bit of leather on. Uh, with zero legroom, literally with his his knees uh, in his chest. Uh, great photo. But he is ridiculously tall. I mean, you know, what can you do? He is. But even so, we need better legroom. 
<laughs> just, it has to be done. And uh, also, what you don't want is Jake Humphrey that close to you. Oh, I don't mind. Yeah. Jake. I don't mind. You don't Jake. mind Jake Humphrey? Yeah. Oh God, we have, we, we, we've opposed a lot of things tonight, haven't we? Strictly <laughs> Jake Humphrey. Uh, oh man, Jake's don't okay. get me on Jake Humphrey. Right, I think we should end before Richard and I disagree on something else. Um, guys, thank you so much. I think that worked as a format, didn't it? Quotes. I think we could we could do it. I again think at some this point. could be a long running series, Jim. Yeah, there'll be many, many, <laughs> James. I mean, many quotes out there to find. I've still got a few left over. I'm sure you guys do as well. So oh, we'll yeah. do it again at some point. Although, of course, as ever, we're always open to suggestions. So if you're enjoying this series and you've got a, a suggestion for a themed episode for us for Padres Hot Pants, then do email us contact at fypfanzine.uk or tweet us or Instagram or Facebook us, which is all at fypfanzine. Uh, but until next time, Jesse, thanks for joining us and uh, see you again very soon. JD, I'm just going to add you on uh, on LinkedIn and give you a recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> I'd appreciate that. Thank you very much. And uh, Richard, uh, I'll see you again soon and uh, we can discuss how great Strictly is. Um, well, it won't last very long. <laughs> I need to get you in Strictly. Honestly, no, it is no, it is entertaining. It is. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Okay. A, I'd rather support Charlton. Oh, wow. I'll, I'll welcome you before next episode. Anyway, in the meantime, thank you very much for listening. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week and we'll see you again very soon. Goodbye. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Podcast Network.